1: I heard.
0: Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Chip Nunger. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. For more information, check out axontire.com for more information. Also, Tractor Zoom, if you're looking for a great place to see what's going on in the auction market, check out Tractor Zoom's Iron Comps and you'll get all the latest information about what's happening in the auction marketplace. Chip is with Blue Roof Agri Marketing out of Morton, Illinois, and Chip is kind enough to come on once a week and talk about what's going on in the markets. and chip there is no lack of things to talk about as usual
1: there uh there are not uh it's crazy out there not uh not all of it just related to the grain market you got the financial markets that yeah. uh, are flying around here this upcoming uh usda report you know it seems uh it's one of my least favorite actually not one of it it's my least favorite report uh as far as the grain side goes of the year but that's coming out here next wednesday on the 31st and um that's going to get a lot of attention, not just from an acreage standpoint, but from the quarterly stocks report standpoint. And so until then, we're just kind of slopping here in a kind of a nasty, volatile range, kind of directionless right now in the, in the grain markets anyway, until we get to that report. And then, you know, along with that, that's also coinciding with the end of a month, end of a quarter. And so you've got a lot of, uh, you know, potential money flow and fund movement uh, that time frame, and you know the first three or four, or five days of a new quarter and month as well. So things could get uh, a lot more volatile, and you know, at least one more piece of the puzzle that we're going to get uh, next Wednesday with these reports out. Yep, no doubt about it. So let's talk about the oil market
0: right now. The oil market has. Rebounded nicely. Had a pretty big sell-off last week. I think it lost about seven dollars. Um, uh, well, actually, I think it lost like five percent on Thursday. But it kind of started to rebound nicely. We're coming back in into that mid sixty range, and it, that also has a big effect on on fuel prices. And also couple that with what happened in Texas with the with the cold kind of shutting things down for that that week. You know that that things got shut down for. So now we're looking at higher. Oil costs we're looking at, um, which means higher fuel costs. You know, whether it be gasoline or diesel, or whatever it is, talk about that market a little bit. But what you see happening there?
1: Yeah, so it's been a pretty straight up move, uh, really, since uh, November. Uh, really, in the crude oil market, we were trading in the 30s back, uh, you know, uh, end of last year into November, and then the market started uh, rallying with some hopes that, uh, you know, things would return a little bit back to normal and, you know, getting the world vaccinated and, you know, maybe some of these uh, lockdowns are going to end and get people back out driving and, and, and normal. So we did have a, a big run up almost to uh, 70, um, you know, upper 60s. Now we have sat back since. Uh, we had a pretty big down day again yesterday. Um, we were down like another four bucks. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's that old saying that you, you take the... Uh, the escalator up and the elevator down uh in these markets and so i, I don't know that anything's changed there i think it's just uh, a normal correction no market goes straight up forever i think there's maybe also some fears about some slowing world growth or maybe you know parts of the world that aren't going to open as fast you know it seems like europe is still struggling getting people vaccinated and they still have some fairly uh, strict lockdowns. And I think Germany, you know, locked back down uh, for at least a short period of time. So maybe a little bit of a concern there that caused this break, but it seems like OPEC uh, is holding firm with some of the production cuts that they uh, implemented here uh, over the last year. And so that's kind of tightened things up a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see... Crude oil going a lot lower. Could it, you know, break back into the low 50s? Sure, but uh, you know, if there's any hint of things getting back to normal and more people getting out and driving and, and increasing world economic growth, crude oil is going to be the first thing that you know rallies. So if you want to, get you know, a lot of people talking about inflation and is it here? And you know, just look at the crude oil market, and that's going to tell you. Because it's going to be likely your leading indicator of uh, growth and, and inflation expectations going forward. So Okay, so you hinted to it, and that was my next my
0: next point I was going to bring up was the dollar and where it's at. So the dollar has been having its, uh, I don't know if you want to call them struggles, but it's, it's been kind of going lower and then comes up and goes lower. But it's great for what we see happening in the, uh, the export marketplace. So talk about that, that dollar and what you see happen with exports.
1: Yeah, again, I think all really you could kind of simplify it into into three things um, if, if you want on the outside markets. It's it's the, the crude oil market like we just talked about, uh, but it's also dollar and interest rates. And, and really, if you think about it, the dollar and the movements of different currencies against each other across the world, all that is is just a differential of interest rates. And our interest rates, uh, especially the long end, like you know, 30-year bond futures, for example, uh, rates have gone up quite a bit over the last two or three months. In spite of what the Federal Reserve is saying, that no, we're not going to change interest rates, we want lower interest rates, the market itself has pretty dramatically increased uh, interest rates, especially on the, the long-duration stuff. And so as that's gone up, it's really lifted the dollar a little bit you know we were kind of teetering on the brink of the dollar falling off the the uh the, the cliff and uh, and really stoking some inflation as interest rates have gone up uh that's put a little bit of a of a bid underneath the the dollar it because we've our rates have gone up you know way faster than other parts of the world so you know that equates to money flowing here for you know, to buy our treasuries and and put money here because they can get a better return somewhere else. So the dollar goes up. So there's a lot of give and take with this thing. Was it just kind of a one off um, and, you know, rates are going to sneak back lower here over the next quarter, say, and the dollar breaks? That's really going to kind of drive um, what we see as far as inflation goes and and so there's no right or wrong answer to this but it's interesting to see how it's going to play out um, but right now rates are on the rise and that's lifted the dollar and you know you got so much money flowing between all these markets that it gets you know pushed one too far one way so if rates would come back down dramatically that's likely gonna push the dollar a lot lower and all this you know kind of in the uh Environment of we got we get tight stocks in the grains and the the grains have their own fundamentals, but a large part of what's going to go on money flow wise is going to kind of flow from what happens with crude oil and the and the dollar and and interest rates. So should be on all our radar screens here. Um, Pretty crowded trade, meaning you know interest rates have gone up so fast. that a lot of money has flown in there There it was you know bond futures were record long as far as the the funds and speculators <clears throat> and bond futures and interest rates move inversely so as money flowed in there and funds were buying bonds interest rates were going lower you know near record lows or so they were record lows and then you know the other shoe dropped and they got out and now got short uh, I don't know about a record amount, but a big amount, and that, as bond prices went down, that shot um, or I should say as bond, as, as bond prices went down as speculators got short and got out of their longs, that jacked the rates up. So, you know, you're probably stretching that to an extreme and, you know, maybe the next uh, leg of this is that you ease rates back, drop the dollar. If that happens to coincide with some friendly news, whether that's, you know, acreage or stocks report, or it's getting a little dry for uh, some of the second crop, uh, you know, Brazil corn uh, growing areas, you throw some fresh, bullish, fundamental news in its own right on the grain markets in conjunction with, um, you know, maybe a next phase that would have the dollar dropping and interest rates creeping back lower. And that could be explosive. Uh, to our grain prices. So this this thing is about to, it seems like we've just kind of slopped around in a you know, 30, 40 cent range in, in corn here and a 60, 80 cent range in beans for going on three months now. Yeah. You know, but this thing's going to take on a different tone, I think, as you turn the calendar here, get these reports out of the way next week and kind of see how spring weather is going to shape up and then what some of these outside financial markets do. It's going to be a scary, scary time, I think, over the next six to nine months. Large volatility coming our way, man.
0: Huge swings, I think, are going to be in our forecast here before too long. I just, especially when you start looking at things like wheat, for example, right? So the wheat market is cautiously watching this, 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 um, uh, winter, winter kill event that we saw here, yeah. um, with that, that's they're anxiously waiting to see what happens there and, I think the first hint of anything that could be out of the norm with the wheat crop come April, May timeframe, I mean, I think you could see wheat take off and see some, you know, those Minneapolis wheat prices of $25 here before too long. I mean, just they're, they're just it's like they're vultures circling the air waiting to see what happens here, and, and it's just like a powder keg waiting to go
1: off. Yeah, and with the stock market doing what it's done over the last 10 years, that's <clears throat> kind of... Created, um, at least some paper profits and a, and a lot of wealth. There's a lot of money flowing out there. And obviously we've, you know, had several multi-trillion dollar stimulus uh, packages yeah. here over the last, last few months. So there's a lot of money out there and it flows fast. And so it's just looking for a return. These people don't care that are running these funds. They People pay them to earn money and make a return. They don't care what it is—coffee, sugar, cocoa, wheat, corn. If it trades, they want—they don't know anything about it. They, some of these people are in London or New York, Chicago. Might not know, you know, if you went to their office or their home. I don't know if anybody's working from an office anymore, but and uh, put down a stock of corn and and uh, wheat, and then put a bean plant down on their desk. Probably couldn't. Tell you the difference between uh, the the three of them, but they might trade multiple millions of dollars in those markets um, just based on the charts and their own uh, you know trading criteria. So it will move fast. They just need a little bit of a reason, and uh, this money flows so fast anymore. Look at some of these crazy stock moves that have been in the market, or you know, just look how fast crude oil has gone up, and then you know broke back six seven dollars in the course of two weeks, and it it the velocity of money in these markets is as as great as it's ever been, and that just pushes big volatile moves that a lot of times don't make a lot of sense to people. It, yep, yeah, know what you mean. All right, let's talk
0: about ethanol for for a real quick minute here. Uh, over the last thirty to sixty days, China has actually come in and bought several containers of um, of refined ethanol and, sh- and you know shipped it back to China. What's your thoughts with that and and where do you see that ethanol market going now that we see you know the price of oil getting so so much higher than we've seen it over the past two or three years
1: yeah so exactly it goes back to, to crude oil um, you know if it can kind of hold longer term here in, in the upper 50s and spend some time like it has um, you know north of 60 uh, uh, and close to 70 that has kind of breathed some profitability in the Renewable fuels uh, industry, ethanol, and even biodiesel. <clears throat> so soy oil plays into this as well. You've recently, I think, uh, well, not yet. Yeah, I mean, I think it was yesterday and and Monday pushed um, soy oil into nine-year highs, and so that all kind of goes into this uh, energy sector. And the 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 uh, the ethanol side, we're starting to see some better uh, profitability there. Um, stocks shrinking back a little bit. And this is even ahead of what people hope is a, at least a more normal type summer with getting people vaccinated and a little more confidence in people leaving their house and driving more. So we haven't even seen the key you know, demand period. So ethanol has kind of been a decent uh, you know, profitability stage. You mentioned China has been uh, taking some, some ethanol. I think there's some rumors they've even uh, taken some DDGs. So that's firmed up those markets. And, and helped uh, put a little, little margin back in, in ethanol. And then you got the biodiesel side here with soy oil doing what it's doing and crude oil doing uh, what it has. It, it's really uh, put some profitability on the, um, on the biodiesel side uh, because of high soy oil prices and, uh, and the soybean crush has profitability now at a time where we really need to be rationing demand of beans. There's not many beans left out there in the United States anyway as uh, from an old crop perspective and so um, what you don't want is increasing demand so it's it's really uh, an interesting dynamic here because you know in a period where we should be rationing demand via higher prices you've actually uh, got some economic dynamics in the renewable fuels industry on the ethanol side and the biodiesel side that are increasing demand so it's again just kind of goes into that uh, That pot of stew that uh, we're we're building here and then the stocks report next week takes on a lot more importance because if it's on the the low end of expectations you know it it just could get very very explosive on uh, old crop corn and beans uh, just because of this demand and and ethanol and biodiesel are a big part of that well it looks like uh, oil
0: Maybe a bigger play this week than what we think. There's a uh a giant container ship that's uh been wedged sideways in the Suez Canal, which is something like ten percent of the world's oil goes through. And right now there's uh several ships that are locked in there and they say it could take uh, several days to get it unwedged. So
1: huge yeah, there's a like there. Of, <clears throat> there's a lot of geopolitical there always are when you know, in yeah. that area of the world, but uh there's a lot of things going on with Iran, Russia, Europe. Uh, there's a lot. It's like a live chess game out there, and it, it <laughs> yeah, all directly exactly. influences the the energy markets. Yep. Yeah. I didn't realize the Suez Canal was as narrow as
0: it was in this one particular spot. There, it actually shows a picture of the the ship sideways, and it's you know from bank to bank. I saw that clogged up. So. <clears throat> That could, that could run up oil prices here pretty good this week. And, you know, I think ethanol would come along with that, especially as uh, as demand for um, biofuels are, are growing every day. So,
1: interesting to watch how that plays out. Supposed to be some decisions coming as well from the uh, EPA, uh, you know, as far as the uh, blender's credits and the small refinery stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. All that there's there's a lot of hope and optimism out there that this um the and i'm not i'm not sure of his name that whoever's in charge of the ep now is going to be a little more friendly towards uh ag than what you've seen in the past and uh so you know you throw that in the mix if if you get uh, some policies where they're actually going to enforce the law which would be a novel thing uh, here yeah <laughs> is uh, somebody actually <laughs> right yeah. enforcing a a, yeah. a law uh, that could, you know, be in its own right something that's uh, friendly to our ag markets yep. if they'd start doing that.
0: All right, so we're headed into grilling season. Uh, it's not too far away, right around the corner. So you got you know, the beef price and the uh, the hog and pork prices that we see um, out there. Hogs kind of had a bit of a, a, a fall yesterday, but it seems like the 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 beef price is kind of hanging in there. So talk about those two markets that we see happen there.
1: Yeah. Pork, uh, you know, is the the shining star here in this thing. And you've had kind of a perfect storm converge on the, on the pork side, you know, Chinese demand has been pretty unprecedented and pretty widely publicized, but but they have their own uh, issues here. The, The ASF issue did not go away for them. And then we have our own health issues here with PERS, uh, really rearing its head, pretty ugly out there from what I'm talking, uh, you know, to producers. And then at the same time, a year ago during the, you know, the height of uh, the whole COVID shutdown and uh, the plant closures forced a lot of liquidation um, from the hog sector, you know, both from uh, really all all classes but you know obviously a lot of sow slaughter uh south slaughter and that continues actually the the south slaughter numbers um have ticked up and they're a little bit higher than than average um and, and so you combine all that with a shrinking shrinking numbers here strong demand from china um health issues in in our herd here now and it has really exploded these hog prices you have uh, cutout values um we, we now have uh, pork cutout futures. They're, they're gaining traction. They're only several months uh, on the board now. But you have them uh, well over $100. In fact, the April contract is a knock on the door of 106 You know, for sitting here in March, you have front month April hog futures, uh, 96 dollars 5 Unprecedented. So it, it's not inconceivable that you could put you know new all-time highs in hogs. By a, a, a large margin, here with continuing Chinese demand, and you know again all this in the backdrop of we're not even fully open and not even into the main part of the demand season yet. So it's a little scary out there on the pork side. The beef side has finally, finally turned the corner a little bit. Hopefully, been a little stagnant. Um, you you have seen China uh, be a good buyer of U.S. beef as well, very quietly, not to the extent of pork, but they're in there almost every week buying US uh, beef. I think our domestic demand is is holding its own. We've had a lot of numbers and we've been feeding these cattle pretty heavy and that's maybe slowly turning the corner. Obviously we had our, you know, blizzard and cold weather and polar vortex issues out there and that probably took some weight off of, of some of these cattle, but do you finally just in the last couple of days start to see the beef market turn a little bit? It's, it's maybe a little bit early but right on time it couldn't have come at a better time because we've really been struggling with uh, with the cash market in cattle. We've been stuck at 114 for seven weeks in a row and um, I think maybe fingers crossed you're about to turn the corner a little bit with the beef market you know heading higher and maybe we can get these cash cattle trading higher as well. I had a good day yesterday with the, the April uh, you know kind of stuck here at 119. Because it's got a big, uh, you know, premium to where the cash market is at 114. But the June and August market finally caught a little bit of life and, and started rallying again. So so maybe this, you know, uptick in, in beef prices this week uh, may be signaling that we can see a little bit uh, better performance here into the second and third quarter. For sure the second quarter. But uh, that would be welcome sign to cattle feedlots out there because they've just been stuck at a 114 number for Seven weeks in a row now, I believe.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: it looks like there's a new outbreak of
0: African swine fever over in China. They've got a, a new new deal they're trying to keep under control, and I know this is going to shock everyone. But after a month long investigation, uh, they have found s- statistical fraud in uh, China's agriculture ministry last year. So I know that's shocking, but it's uh, wow. That's that is breaking news. I know that's that's just blowing everybody out of the water here, but. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the Ministry of Misinformation.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I was reading this article. I'm like, why is that? Why is that even in here? That's everyone knows that's not right. So yeah. It's,
1: yeah, yeah. Quite a head scratcher.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. All right. Well, good stuff as usual, Chip. Folks want to reach out to you, get more information about what's going on in the markets, or just how to get that plan started, and get a little help with that plan. What's the best way to get a hold of you at Blue Refactor Marketing?
1: Yeah, the best way is just uh, call our office, 309-550-7213. Uh, we, uh, we would love to talk to you. It's going to become a challenging uh, uh, spring and summer here. I-, I believe, I really believe that it's going to be a-, a wild ride in the mm-hmm. in the grain and livestock markets here over the next several, several months, if not longer. And uh, not all of it good. I mean, higher prices are great, but we've got higher costs coming. We've yep. got... Uh, potential for unprecedented volatility. So it's gonna be a bumpy ride here going forward.
0: That's for sure. Higher prices bring as many challenges as lower prices do. So it's just a different a different battle. Exactly. Right on. Well I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcasts. If you wanna check me out, look me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you're gonna find the latest posts of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also go to the Moving Iron L L C website and that's where you're gonna find um, all the latest information about the Moving Iron Summit coming up in Nashville, Tennessee, September 15th through the 17th. Just go to movingironloc.com, and you'll get all the information there that you need about the upcoming podcast and as well as the Moving Iron Summit. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Chip Nellinger. Let's go with some iron, folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful, competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, There's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The roots of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer,
1: who in I